You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. to have personal responsibility, political accountability, and corporate culpability. Get up, 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 we must eliminate poverty, I don't care what color the person or child Toya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Ashley Thomas, and welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of Intelligent Radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Good morning, Ashley. So glad you could jump in here with last minute notice. You always are saving the day, Queen. So I'll tell you off top, I owe you a lunch or dinner just for holding it, holding me down. But uh, thank you, you know, so appreciate you, Queen. I'm very excited about this morning's show. Got some uh, returning guests and a first-time guest. But the returning guest is um, absolutely um, someone we love having on. He's been helping us really over the last few years. Uh, we've been doing this thing for six years, and actually you've been associated with us over over the past, wait, maybe about six to eight months. But thank you, Queen, for being with us. If you will, say hello to the Truth Seekers, and we will get into this morning's discussion and introduce our guest. Yeah. Um, well, good morning, everyone. Happy Saturday. It is a gorgeous day outside. I'm so excited to be on, and I can't wait to hear um, the discussion because somebody didn't tell me the topic this morning. So, yeah, we feel like hey, hey, that's how you say today. That's why I already I say I see I started out offering something. Because <laughs> <laughs> you just on the spot trying to figure out what are we talking about. But uh, real quick, give people just a little bit of your background, then we're going to introduce our guest. Because your your background still fits into today's, to today's discussion. I'll go ahead and tell you, it's business mastermind. What does a successful business collaboration look like is this morning's discussion. But give people your background before we introduce our guest. Yeah. So in my nine to five, I am a client service manager for institutional 401k plans. I pretty much just make sure that they are operating correctly and everything is in compliance. For my business, I am a personal finance coach. I own Making Money Matter, where we look at finances and mental health together to make strides in improving your financial goals. Yeah. So speaking of collaboration myself, 
and Ashley um, with the Mental Dialogue Community Club. We are collaborating on what she does with Money Ma- Money Matters, so look up, be on the lookout for that. But without further ado, we'll start um, with our first-time guest, um, Kimberly Fowler, if you will, Queen. Thank you for being on with us this morning. Say hello to Ashley, to our truth seekers. And if you will, Queen, give a little bit of your background um, in reference again to the, today's discussion question, business mastermind, what does a successful business collaboration look like? Thank you, Queen, for being on with us. Hey, good morning. Good morning, Ashley. How are you? Good morning. I'm well in yourself. I'm doing good. And, yeah, so Montoya asked me to be on the call. I'm so excited to be here. So um, my name is Kimberly Fowler. I am the owner of Tax Pro Financial Service and Tax Pro Software Solutions, where I teach tax professionals how to start, run, and grow their own independent tax business. Um, tax Pro Financial Service is actually my own tax company, which I own myself. And the reason why I'm on the call, I actually met one of our speakers, Mr. Terry Simmons, from um, a call maybe about two years ago or a year and a half ago or something like that from one of Montoya's calls. Um, I met Terry from the show, and we started doing a business collaboration. I believe it was last April or May, and we've been rocking ever since, and it has been nothing um, short of exceptional. So that's why I'm here to talk about that collaboration. No, absolutely. And so you let the cat out the bag, our star of the show. The champ is here. <laughs> Mr. Terry Simmons, if you will, King, thank you for being back with us, making time for what we're doing with the Mental Dialogue um, Community Club. As I always say, we do hard conversations on race, sex, and culture, but we love jumping off into business because, again, that's something that's going to bring our culture forward as we have people understand how not only to become entrepreneurs and you're in that space just in a sense, finding people with that real skill set versus just giving them the, you know, the, 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 just the highlights of being an entrepreneur, but that real deal, holy field. And I'm glad to have connected you and Kim. But if you will, Kim, give more of your background, and we'll get started with this morning's discussion. Well, thank you for that introduction, brother. Um, you, you look, you rivaling uh, Nori on Drink Champs with your intros, brother. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, does I bring you out or does I bring you out, brother? <laughs> you pull out my Steve Harvey. I got, smoke, I got the smoke machine. I got the smoke machine behind me this morning. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, look, for, you know, I always say this every time I have an opportunity to share on this platform. I think it's one of the most important platforms uh, that we have at any level um, because of the conversation uh, and the guests that you bring on, it's, it's real solutions. And, uh, you know, so I just hope that you continue to, you know, grow your viewership, man, and, and just, you know, get this thing as large as it can possibly become. Uh, but just, you know, really quick about my firm. Um, I, T. Simmons and Company is an organizational design, brand development, and workforce development firm. Uh, so, you know, very simply put, we help, you know, companies to improve uh, their, their brands, their people, and their processes. That, that's what we do. Uh, our clients run the spectrum. Uh, so we have uh, lots of small to medium-sized business clients, um, you know, that we serve. And typically, when they come to us, they want integrated services. So they want everything. They're like, look, improve my brand and my marketing, my social, my social media presence and my content. You know, let's talk through, you know, my sales protocols, my onboarding protocols. Uh, obviously, you can't grow your company without people, so we help them to put HR protocols in place. 
um, standard operating procedures, the whole nine. Uh, so it's, you know, in a sense of business in a box, if, you know, if, if you will. Um, for larger companies, uh, you know, some of which are Fortune 500, Fortune 200 companies, we work with them exclusively uh, on workforce development. So they come to us if they're facing a talent shortage in their industry or in their organization, they'll come to us to put together a plan to grow their talent pool. Uh, and so we work with them, you know, workforce development and some training and development. And so that's kind of the, the two sides of the house. Uh, and obviously, you know, this morning we'll be focused on the, the small to medium-sized businesses. No, I love it. Um, again, always glad to have you on. I'm very excited about having Kim on for the first time to talk about um, a connection that we were fortunate enough to make because at the end of the day, um, obviously the show has, the you know, basically kind of laid out what we do with the show. But ultimately, just to share this with anybody, especially first-time listeners, uh, we have a mission at the Mental Dialogue Community Club, which is to basically um, – create a nationwide virtual neighborhood where African-Americans learn to basically do business, service, and network with each other. That's ultimately what we're doing. So while we have the platform, as Terry said, it has absolutely uh, uh, been, a, been a connector, and it's a, it's a tool to connect people, and that's what I'm glad to highlight the connection that we have this morning. So we're going to go to a quick break and get right into this morning's discussion question. Business Mastermind, what does a successful business collaboration look like? Business Mastermind, what does a successful business collaboration look like? We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. Have you heard about that podcast, Mental Dialogue? It's so good, it should be illegal. But if you miss the live show every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, be sure to catch replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and all other streaming platforms. We are the return of intelligent radio, and we are the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, gender, and business in the African-American community. And remember, all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, Pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They still know it's me. Because I look like money. Smell like money. Talk like money. Even walk like money. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Ashley Thomas, our special guest 
are Kimberly Fowler as well as Terry Simmons for this morning's discussion question. Business mastermind, what does a successful business collaboration look like? Um, Kimberly's kind of let the cat out the bag as far as how they met. And again, I love to highlight this collaboration. And so, um, you know, since that time, I know things have went well, as um, Kimberly already highlighted. Uh, but if you will, uh, just to jump into this thing, we'll start with you, Terry. Um, again, she heard about you on this show. Again, love highlighting that fact. But I, I actually sat down with Kim. She's actually, I work with her. She does my taxes every year. And so at the time, she was just having this dialogue about wanting to expand her business, needing systems, because she was already doing very you know, very well and known in the area. But she was like, I want to make an expansion. I said, I know exactly who you need. And that ended up being you. So, again, as you said, we're focused on the smaller businesses and things of that nature. Um, but if you could just even highlight being introduced to Kim through me and what that what the start was like, just to even hear how that began, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all credit goes to you know you, Montoya, and and the Mental Dialogue platform. Uh, and and it's important to note anytime you reach out to me, and, and this is something that not a lot of people do well. Uh, but I know that anytime you reach out to me and you say, hey, look, this is someone you need to meet that you've given considerable thought to what their goals are, what their strengths are, uh, and then obviously what I can bring to the table. And you just make sure that there's some compatibility there. Uh, And a lot of times the reason why collaborations don't work is because there's not that thought put in on the front side as to whether or not the two people or the two companies are really compatible. Uh, But, yeah, it's been a joy working with Kim. Um, You know, look, the first thing that's necessary for, for this type of collaboration is that the person that you're working with has to be open and coachable. Um, and, you know, it, with Kimberly, it's like she's a sponge. She's an open book. Um, she's extremely humble and hardworking. Uh, and really, you know, at the, and we were talking about this yesterday, as a matter of fact, and coincidentally, we just were working on some things with her uh, yesterday. She flew down from, from Atlanta to New Orleans, and then we drove down to Baton Rouge and did some things together as well. Uh, but, you know, Kim has a very specific goal, and it's a big goal. And what she recognizes is that she's got to build capacity to accomplish those goals. And I guess there's nothing profound about that, but a lot of business owners miss that part. Uh, we're so focused on, you know, to get it out the mud mentality, the, you know, uh, I built this from the ground up, um, you know, nobody did anything for me type of a mentality. And that can only get you so far if you want to be, quote, unquote, self-made, you know, like, because then that means you got to be knowledgeable about everything. You got to be knowledgeable about marketing. You got to be knowledgeable about sales, legal, accounting, technology. I mean, that's virtually not possible. So, you know, when you have big goals as a small business owner, then you have to also think about what strategic alliances that you need to form in order to get you closer to that goal. And that's what Kim's done a really good job of. And not not only, and she may speak about this here in a second. Not only just working with my firm, you know, she has other coaches and consultants that you know, have an area of expertise that my firm may or may not have. Um, And so she built an ecosystem, in a sense, of subject matter experts that can make up for whatever her deficiencies are and that can push her to the next level. Uh, And that's what small business owners need to do. You know, um, I I can, you know, share this with you about my personal background is that, you know, I've been fortunate enough to, to be in some rooms and to have some opportunities uh, with major companies that a lot of minority-owned business owners um, have it. Uh, I'll just put it that way. And I've just been blessed in that regard. But 
I think what I've, I've done a good job of is when, if I'm going after, let's say if we're going after a governmental contract or we want to work with, you know, a Fortune 500 company, and that opportunity requires capacity that we don't have. You know, I mean, I've got a team of, of nine people, right? So that's a, you know, decent boutique-sized firm. But if we want to go after certain opportunities, then we have to tap into other companies, you know, to, to have that capacity. Or maybe they have the history of performance in that space that we don't have. Uh, and so that's what the power of collaboration looks like. You know, sometimes you want to go after an opportunity. Maybe you have the history of performance and you have the expertise, but maybe it might require a half a million dollars in capital, you know, to be able to float the contract for 60 or 90 days. If you don't have that cash, then you need to collaborate with a company that may not have your expertise, but maybe they have, you know, a line of credit or some cash laying around that can help you with. And so a lot of times that's our issue, uh, brothers, that we, we you know, and, and I get it. You know, we, we in our culture a lot of times, you know, we're reluctant to trust. And particularly in business, if we try to collaborate with a few people and it doesn't work, then we're kind of like, all right, you know, I'm going to just do this thing by myself. People can't be trusted. They don't have the attention to detail and quality that I do. Or maybe they stuck me with a bill or they didn't deliver on something. But, I mean, that's just, you know, when you jump off the porch in business, that's going to happen <laughs> at all levels. So you can't use that as an excuse to, to not collaborate or not hire people or not, you know, work with coaches and consultants. And so that that's Kim, you know, one of her superpowers is that she's like, look, you know, this person over here is knowledgeable about Facebook ads. Come on. This person over here knows how to market and brand. Okay, cool. This person over here knows how to build systems. Let's go. And she's just building that team. And I posted some stuff on Facebook that's like, you know, social proof. Um, and she can talk about her award, but she just she just got a pretty distinguished award uh, because she hit a particular sales goal this year. And, um, you know, she, Kim's going to be a millionaire. I'm letting y'all know that right now. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's it's already it's already done, and uh, a lot of it has to do with not only just her work ethic, but her willingness to bring in uh, other subject matter experts. Well, that's perfect. That's what this show is about: bringing in other subject matter experts. And if you could, Kim, other than just let's start here versus you just highlighting the relationship with Terry because he says some things mm -hmm. that makes this show worth it, in my opinion. The dialogue of having mm -hmm. the experience of working with people and it not planning out like you want it, and then some entrepreneurs or business owners get in the mindset, I'll just, as he said, I'll just do this thing myself because it's very understandable, as he said, for people to get in that space and something that Dwayne Drawn, who's a guest the next hour, said on my show years ago was the idea of conceptualizing as a culture and as a society, Black American culture specifically, if we're honest about us as an entire culture, we really are for the most part, one generation in with the idea of any of us who choose to become business owners having that opportunity. While we've always had amazing business owners that we can highlight historically, generally speaking, most of our community was not allotted that opportunity. Or we, The reason their story is so amazing is the fact that they were able to pull it off at a time where things were very different. And so now that we're in an age where more of us can choose to go into entrepreneurship, not that all of us should be, let me make sure I say that because you know, I don't want Terry, Terry cringing over there with the idea of me encouraging our entire culture to get into entrepreneurship. It is a specific skill set. I'm saying a lot to say this, that ultimately having this opportunity, the thing is, when you're new to it, you do you are 
can be scarred by a couple of bad partnerships that don't work out, but at the same time, you end up holding your own business back. And to your credit, as Terry has said, you continue to find these strategic partners. So I would like for you to start about start with how you're able to do it despite you've had setbacks with partnerships as well. So that's actually where I want you to start because I think it's, a, it's an appropriate space after how Terry kind of gave us a foundation, if you will. Okay, well, I'm going to be vulnerable about that. I actually, we kind of touched on that yesterday when I talked to Terry. A lot of entrepreneurs, including myself, I've had setbacks with other partnerships because I didn't know what my business actually needed. So I didn't know what I didn't know. You know, a lot of times it seems like the culture pushes towards, you know, this independent work and you're a solopreneur and you're freelancing and blah, blah, blah. But no, that's not it. So um, I had to, to, you know, as a, to answer your question, my partnerships prior to that didn't work out because I didn't know what I needed. So then I had to realize, all right, there has to be, this has to work because I see other businesses doing it. So I need to put strategy in place. I need to focus on what I need to focus on in my business, what I'm good at, and outsource the places that I'm not so I can generate higher returns over time. I knew that it could be successful. Um, I knew I had a lot of uh, a mile long list of things to do in my business, but I need to have that extra intellectual capital, that um, that brain power. So I had to focus on strategy. So I had to sit down and really strategize my business out and say, hey, these are the areas that I'm weak in. These are, first of all, these are all the areas of my business. Let's do a SWOT analysis. Where where is the strengths? Where's the weaknesses? Where's the opportunities? Where's the threats? And what what do I want my business to look like? So pretty much I just started from the end. What what's my end goal? What do I what do I want my sales to be? What do I want my revenue to look like? What do I want my culture to be? I just started from the end goal and then said, Okay, these are the type of partners I need in order to bring in, um to get to my goal. Instead of saying, Okay, I know I need to get marketing, so I'm going to just hire somebody that does, that may, you know, um, focus on social media, increasing social media followers, but that's not really what I needed, if that makes sense. Like, I needed somebody to help me build a capacity, just like Terry said, like, okay, I do get, if I do get these followers, I do get all of these, you know, leads or whatever, then what I, what would I do with it if I can't fulfill the customers? So it's just about starting from the end goal with me and figuring out what I needed in my business so that I could choose the right partnership, and that's what made me be more successful there. Can you hear me? So I, I, went I wonder. I went yeah, out for, I'm sorry, I went out for a second. Yeah, no, 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 you, no, we can hear you. We can hear you good. Go ahead, Ashley, please jump in. Yeah, I, I just wonder, like, how you go about developing – that mindset and like kind of shifting, right? So, so were there any steps, were there any type of readings, were there any type of things that like just kind of clicked for you to shift your mindset to thinking that way? Right. Well, like I said, the culture was at first, I'm going to be a solopreneur and that's what was being praised. But then I started realizing just being resourceful about things, I started understanding, I started hearing, you know, bigger business owners and researching business bigger. Like, 
bigger businesses. I would like going to their YouTube pages or going to their looking look at their stories and all of them would say the same thing. They were like, if I didn't have a team, if I didn't have these strategic partnerships, I would not be where I am today. So that automatically made it click like wait a minute, I can't do this myself. So that that shifted my paradigm there because if I'm researching, you know, um, successful business owners and they're all saying the same thing, like all of them are saying the same thing, then that must mean something. So that means I need to more than likely adapt their ideology into my business. So that's how, okay, so, and that, so once I did that, I said, okay, well, what is a strategic, what does that mean? That's why I started making mistakes, like, okay, well, I'll just partner with this person or I'll bring this person on because, honestly, I didn't know what partnerships actually meant. I thought that meant, like, I had to share revenue and equity with people. I'm like, oh, and that was scary to me. I was like, I ain't going to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. So then I started getting more resourceful and saying, okay, well, if I don't have the money, what are some alternative ways to partner with people um, to bring them onto the business if I'm not there ready to, you know, spread out equity and honestly don't even know how to evaluate the business in order to share equity, to be honest with you. So, you know, so what are some alternative ways? And I, I saw things like bartering. I saw things like, well, you don't necessarily have, they don't have to be in your business. You can outsource it. I was like, oh, this outsourcing word sounds cool. Let me, let me figure out what that means. And so I just got resourceful in that area and figure out what, what, what outsourcing looks like. And then, um, and then that's when I, that's when that, that's when I um, came to the realization like oh I just got to build strategy for the business. So then um, what do I need in my business? And then I, I I would reach out to people with different things about what I need in my business. But like I said, I, I kind of failed because I was just you know picking at straws and just, I, I think I need this, I think I need that. But you know um, when I did get customers, I for for one second I did get a lot of customers, but I was realizing that. I was missing out on a lot of calls too. Like we were getting calls and we were growing and we were getting calls and we were missing calls. I'm like, wait a minute. I thought I was, this was the goal of the business to get customers. But then I'm like, oh shoot, I have to be able to, you know, honor these customers and answer their phone calls and call them back and make sure they're set up on time. So that, that just opened up a whole new set of worms. So pretty much it was just trial and error. And then um, I realized I wasn't skilled in those areas, so I just started reaching out to other partners to help with the business. I mean, it's a whole bunch more behind that, but that's, that's to answer your question, that's how I got in that mindset. Okay. Yeah, I love it. Ashley, do you have anything else um, no, you know, I, I think the biggest takeaway that I, I've been hearing is, is there has to be curiosity there, right? Like you have to be curious mm-hmm. about what you don't know or what your business is supposed to be fulfilling. That curiosity has to be there. And I, I think the environment that we're in right now in terms of businesses is like that That curiosity is not there. People are looking to make money. And when that curiosity right. lacks, it, it really creates foundational problems for our business. No, right, and I was talking to Terry about that yesterday, literally. I'm sorry. I was no, talking to Terry exactly. about that yesterday, literally. I was like, people are entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, or entrepreneurs just don't know what they don't know because the culture praises that, oh, get it, like you said, get it out of the mud mentality. You know, you can do it all by yourself. And, you know, and if that's what you see, then that's what you think you're supposed to focus on. You know, so I get it because I was there too, you know. 
No, strong point. And ultimately, I mean, I'm pretty sure, hopefully, any entrepreneurs out there listening, and if they are solo entrepreneurs looking to expand, hopefully they are taking advantage, I'm pretty sure a lot of your story sounds the same. Um, Terry, again, you being someone that is collaborative and your business model itself is a is required collaboration, right? You've had other businesses in the past, but that's what you thrive at. So um, if you will, brother, um, you know, we could say all day, um, here's a mindset that you need, and it's, it's lovely to hear Kim break down what she, how she finally got over her own hump. Um, what type of things do you feel like were in you personally that helped you understand, I'm good at making these relationships? Because, again, your business model requires relationships. So what type of things help you with that, overcome the distrust that a lot of us naturally have due to our lack of experience, which is very normal. But um, we got about a minute and a half, so if you can give me a short, concise one, we'll go to break and you can finish the conversation after the um, break. Honestly, brother, I think as an entrepreneur, one of the characteristics that you have to have is to be desensitized to 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 failure and to being let down. You can't be sensitive and be an entrepreneur. You can't, you can't personalize everything. Uh, what we do is we take our personal characteristics a lot of times and they become a characteristic of our businesses. So if, if, in my personal life, uh, even though I do know a lot of people, I'm, I'm almost reclusive. Like I don't really hang like that. And, you know, I, I keep a really tight circle. That don't work in business. You know what I mean? In my personal life, maybe mm-hmm. if you know someone, if someone does something that I feel violates me, then I may I may withdraw. In business, you can't do that. You got to come mm-hmm. to the table and, and and figure that out. And so I think again, it's, a, it's just a part of the culture where we're like, yeah, you know, I hired two coaches, they didn't deliver. I tried to collaborate with my girl, who you know, she said she had these relationships, and I had the product. It didn't work. So you know, boom, I'm not, I'm not going down that road again. I'm going to just figure this thing out on my own. And in business, that's going to happen perpetually. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like it just, yeah, it, that it, makes it, sense. Business, business is, no, is, sense. is rooted in failure. Let me jump to this break because this is key what you're talking about right now. I don't want to break this up. So we're going to go to a quick break to the caller. Um, last three three zero three. If you want to get in on this discussion, press one. If you're listening online and want to come get in on this morning's discussion, the number to get in is six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. Again, that's six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. We'll be right back. Well, all I ask is that you that you think. There's a chapter on touching things one time. Touch it once. And I found that there was a lot of things I was touching multiple times. And that's just sucking time where I can be out getting more sales, getting more clients. So, so I think no matter where you are in the business, but especially if you're someone that's trying to take it from six figures to seven figures, like I'm in the process of doing right now, trying to go from six-figure business to seven-figure business, it's all going to be about systems. Is there a repeatable process that your customers or your clients, whatever that they experience, how do you make that process so that it's easy and repeatable and less thinking involved and so you can spend more time working on the business and being a thought leader and being the entrepreneur and coming up with new strategies and new ways and spending less time in the business opening new accounts. So, yeah, my, my answer would be systems, hands down. 
Now, that's a great answer. Let me jump in and ask a quick question. Either one of you can kind of answer it in reference to the systems. So I definitely hear of business owners here in Atlanta that are kind of trying to figure that out. In a sense, is there particular people that you, in a sense, go to? Let's say you're, let's say you're the visionary and creating systems is not your strength. Who do you all typically look for to help, assist? Is it like organizational managers or, or what? who are you looking for if that's not your strength? Because that's kind of my scenario in my business as well. Like who do I find to help me with that, as, as, in a sense, as the visionary versus somebody that's able to set those systems up to help you? Who do you all look for? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll jump in real quick and just tell you, I, I'm, that's what I hired my business coach for. I mean, that, that is, that's how he was recommended to me from another business coach that I worked with. And, um, and when I was talking about the problems I was having, he said, you've got systems issues. Let me get you with a guy that will help you set up systems. And that's what he did. I mean, I have, there's things that happen now inside my business that never happened two years ago. And it's, it's almost plug and play. Like, I mean, and everyone gets the same high touch, high class experience, but it's just laid out. And my assistant, actually, matter of fact, I could fire my assistant tomorrow. I wouldn't do that. But I could lose my, let's say she takes another job or decides that she wants to go start her own business. I could plug and play someone with minimal training as long as they have a certain, you know, um, level of, of, uh, of, of, education and, and, you know, that sort of thing, and they can understand they understand certain parts of business, I can plug and play. All I do is, here, follow the system. So, so yeah, it, I think it's about finding someone that is good at it and then saying, hey, teach me how to do it. Or, you know, or you pay them to help you set your systems up, and then just don't touch the system. You know, and I made that. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. Again, I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host, our Queen's intellect collaboration right now with Ashley Thomas. Thank you, Queen, for jumping in on this with me this morning. This morning's discussion question, business, business mastermind. What does a successful business collaboration look like? As we hear a cut from Johan Harrison, um, I also hosted uh, the Money Motivation podcast um, during the pandemic, and that was a cut that I thought we definitely wanted to highlight this morning because in a sense, our special guest, Terry Simmons, he is the expert that someone like a Johan Harrison brought in to put in his systems. He's also done that with our other special guest, Kimberly Fowler. So I wanted to highlight that, and I think it jumps right to where you where you were at, Terry, when you think about, as you said, entrepreneurs out there who I love this concept. If you personalize your business like you do your own life, you may have been burned once or twice. But at the end of the day, you can't get to the next level without those systems in place. And bringing in somebody like yourself is the smartest thing to do. So, Terry, if you will, again, pick up right where you were at, King. Uh, but, again, I think that cut is perfect for where we're at right now in the show. Yeah, and, and, and you know, so to continue, you know, on that theme, this is what we do because it's just a part of our culture. You know, like in the black community, like word is bond. So if someone tells us that they can deliver on something and they don't, we personalize it. But what you have to do is take a step back and evaluate why there may have been a breakdown in that collaboration, right? There's a, there's a term that I use. I don't know if, it's, if, if, if it already existed, or, but it, it's, it's a term that I use when, when, when I'm talking to people about if they're trying to identify service providers, if they're trying to identify coaches, consultants, if they're trying to identify partners, whatever, 
you know, is that you have to have operational compatibility. So in other words, Montoya, you and I can look compatible on paper, right? You could say, mm-hmm. hey, look, I want to, you know, I want to do X. And I could say, okay, cool. You know, I've done that. Here's what I could bring to the table. And it may sound good for us to get together and try to do some business together, but you got to dig deeper to determine whether or not those two companies have operational compatibility, right? How does Montoya communicate? How does Montoya manage financial resources? You know, is Montoya practice confidentiality to the extent that I would like him to? You know, um, what does Montoya's team look like and what does my team look like? Are they going to work well together? And a lot of times what we do is we just say, okay, this coach or this consultant helped this other company to get the seven figures and, you know, they got social proof, so I'm going to write them a check or we're going to collaborate and it's going to work. You know, you see it all the time, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to name drop, but, you know, certain certain social media influences in our communities, you know, people that have audiences at scale, right? And, again, I, I'm pretty sure your listeners will know some of the ones that I'm talking about. They may be in real estate or they may be in financial services and things like that, and they get together and say, hey, we're going to launch a conference. And then the next thing you know, they beefing on social media over what this one did or didn't do or what that one did or didn't do. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's ugly to watch. And at the end right. of the day, it, it was simple. There wasn't any operational compatibility. It doesn't mean that one or the other has to be shady. Y'all, y'all just weren't operationally compatible. So the process that Kim was describing a second ago where she, you know, so in other words, before we even started um, prescribing what do we want to do with your brand, Kim? What do we want to do with your products and services? What do we want to do with your systems? We flew down to Atlanta and spent an entire day doing nothing but strategic planning. And then we probably spent another 30 to 45 days, you know, chewing that plan and, you know, spitting it out and determining, you know, what, what was going to go and what we're going to keep. And that, that's not what we do, communities. What we do is we say, all right, look, you know, I'm at $350,000 in revenue. Maybe I'm paying myself an $80,000 salary. I'm ready to take this thing to the next level. I'm tired of poor pimping, right? And then mm-hmm. we say, all right, well, let me reach out to this coach. Or, well, okay, I'm in the HR space, and, you know, my girlfriend, well, you know, she used to recruit for these big brands, so, you know, let's get together and do more, right? But we don't, but we don't go beneath the surface. It's just it looks like it should work. It looks like this coach should be able to help me, or it looks like I should be able to collaborate mm-hmm. with this person or this company, and we don't sit down and really figure out what that's going to look like once we deploy it, you know? And uh, mm-hmm. so a lot of times that's the reason why collaborations in our communities don't work, because we, we, we collaborate on the surface. No, it makes sense. Let me ask Kim something here, right here. So, Kim, you link up with Terry. I don't, what, was there ever any point in that first 30 days, like when I hear that process, right? And I agree. I, I would assume a lot of businesses do exactly what – like it looks like it should work, and then you're frustrated when it doesn't work. A lot of businesses end up that way. Was there ever a point in those 30 days where it felt too slow? Just wondering. Do you remember? Do you recall those that first month working with Terry? You may have just been ready for it. I don't know. But I'm just wondering what, what was that feeling, if that feeling even existed for you, if that makes sense. No, I want to say slow was the adjective. I want to say slow, but it definitely shed light on. Um, I, I want. I wouldn't say slow. It was very. Uh, it was time consuming because Tara was able to help me pull out profit centers in my business that I didn't realize were, were there. We created a whole another brand off of my brand because of a because something that I was doing in my business I wasn't monetizing on. So to me, it wasn't slow. 
it was mm-hmm. it was um challenging because you know we had to figure out okay this is this is the skill set I'm uh, this is the skill set we have these are the skill sets we need um and how do we get here like that it, slow wouldn't be the word just mm-hmm. you know just kind of filtering through it was challenging a little bit but not right, it makes sense. now it makes sense and then when you explain it like that um, I can already imagine while you're going through that process and this man comes in and says, hey, here's a process that you're not taking advantage of. Yeah, you're not even really mm-hmm. concerned about if it's slow or not because you're like, here's a new opportunity. And the reason I asked that question, mm-hmm. and I think Terry might understand this as well and want to hear Ashley's thoughts as well, but the reason I asked that question is because of our instant gratification um, society that we're currently in. So sometimes that alone can be the issue. It clearly wasn't your issue. But, Terry, do you understand kind of why I asked that question? It didn't fit your situation with Kim. But if you could just kind of speak to just the speed of things sometimes can derail businesses scaling within a collaboration. If you could just briefly speak to that, and I want to hear Ashley's thoughts of hearing all of this. Absolutely. Uh, Well, the reason why Kim doesn't, the reason why she wouldn't use the adjective slow is because she has patience. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, most entrepreneurs in our communities, they lack patience. A lot of it has to do with, and I, I, I got to blame it on, like, the sensationalizing of entrepreneurship that's happening on social media. The positive of that is a lot of us are figuring out how to monetize our skill sets and, and how to build companies as opposed to maybe – you know, only viewing ourselves as traditional employees, and that's and that's great. The negative is that we really think that we can attend the conference for a weekend and come home and take something that was a serious hobby two days ago and turn it into a multi-million dollar business because somebody is going to do that on Black Friday here in a couple of weeks. And so we think that we don't realize that that's an anomaly. We think that that's what's right. supposed to happen if if our strategies are working. That we're supposed to pay a coach five grand. And then we're supposed to be the next testimonial that, you know, after I paid the coach five grand, I started making $70,000 a month in, you know, my online boutique or with my coaching business or with my tax prep business. And that is just not how business works. Um, so in Kimberly's case, and, 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 and really in, in all instances, here's what happens. Most people are going to show up at my doorstep and their focus is going to be brand. They're going to say, you know, hey, I want, I want to focus on brand. I want to magnify the brand. I want to take it to the next level. Now, in Kim's case, she knew that that meant that she needed the systems to match. That's what made her different. But typically, right. people are showing up there saying, I want to start with brand. Okay, cool. So with your current capacity, with your two employees, with your one phone line, with your warehouse that's only 250 square feet, we're going we're gonna to magnify your brand. We're going to make the website jump. We're going to make social media jump. We're going to make the phones ring. And then what are you going to do when that happens? Because clearly you're not going to be able to, to meet that demand with the current capacity. That's right. not how it works. And so, and so in our communities, we think generate the demand and then we'll build the capacity in real time on the fly. That's not how business works. In business, you build the capacity, then you create the demand. And a lot of times we don't have the patience for that process because you're going to be spending money for months and maybe not get an immediate return on that. And, you know, and I, and I hope Kimberly doesn't mind me sharing this, but I, I do think it's pertinent. So I'm a big for forgiveness mm-hmm. if she does, but I would imagine, like I know with my firm, Kimberly spending probably around 30 grand a year for what we do for her. Okay. And then if you add the other coaches and consultants that she's working with, 
you can just imagine what that number is. But mm-hmm. when you take that and, and you go, you come with a multiple. So let's just say if she's spending, you know, 50 or 60 grand a year on mm-hmm. subject matter experts, coaches, you know, outsourcing and so forth. But she can parlay that 50 grand into another 200 grand, 300 grand and gross annual revenue. I mean, what is that multiple? You see what I'm saying? And so we, Absolutely. Well, that's not how we think. We literally want to pay a coach five grand, come home from the conference, take the little binder that they gave us, implement two or three of the strategies, and then be the next testimonial of I scaled my $100,000 business to half a million dollars in 90 days. And there's too much of sensationalizing that. It's not, that's not how it works. Yeah, the key to what you said was you build a capacity before the demand. Um, Ashley, we got a, about a minute before break. If you want to just throw out a th- thought, if you have any questions for them, we'll get them out of the break. For the callers that just got in, you have to press one if you want to make a comment coming out of this break. Um, but give me a thought on just what you've heard, um, Ashley, before we go to break. Um, I, I just think it's also relevant. And I, I think the question that I have for Kim is, like, what what negative feelings came up? Because if you're a patient and you've been growing your business and you're realizing that there are um, places that you could have been monetizing, like what feelings came up and, and, like, how did you overcome that and use that to propel you further in your journey instead of being discouraged and stopping? Uh, great question. Well, we'll have Kim, uh-huh. Kim, Kim, we'll have, yeah. her, we'll have you answer that coming out of break. Just be, yeah, that's a great question. Okay. All right, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Where all I ask is that you think. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? purchase or sell a home in Atlanta's competitive real estate market, there's only one real estate agent we call on, Ephraim Abdullah. Not only is he honest and straightforward, but he has a proven, repeatable strategy that consistently gets his clients the homes they wanted versus their second or third choice. What's Ephraim's secret? His virtual on-the-spot offer moves his clients to the front of the line for purchases, and for sales, his no-nonsense approach gets your home sold and off the market. For a results-oriented real estate experience, contact Ephraim Abdullah, a licensed agent powered by EXP Realty at 770-800-7922. Again, that number is 770-800-7922. The six degrees of separation piece. Um, I'll just give you a secret, right? And this is this is a secret that I that I offer to people most of the time, especially if I'm teaching in a class, because I don't think I can get too deep into the networking. I, don't, I think I'll probably run out of time. But if you if you could spend the necessary time within your network, within your church, within your community, within the people that you know, find yourself a corporate lawyer, high powered lawyer, somewhere, someone who might be either on the rise or has been attached to in the past or has done some work at a law firm. Generally, lawyers. Um, are attached to larger customers, those customers have needs, right? And so if, if you're talking to one of them, they probably not only can help you figure out what kind of contracts you would need to write, what kind of enterprise agreements you need to pull together, but they have potential customers for you and they can evaluate your product. Same thing with um, accounting firms, right? There's a KPMG or a PW, uh, uh, PricewaterhouseCooper or Grant Thornton or something in your town, There's, or even just a mid-sized uh, accounting firm that works for some of the big businesses businesses in your town. 
if you know anybody there can figure out how to find someone or you can use a thing called LinkedIn to do a search on those companies and see if you've got anyone in your network who's connected to them or use your social media to figure out some of these things. If you know anybody who's connected to something like a, uh, an accounting firm, get in front of some members of people who are at accounting firms because what are they doing? They're constantly looking at the books of businesses. Right? They're constantly evaluating why and, why and how those businesses are successful, and they know about the vendor relationships that those businesses have. You may have a pretty decent idea that you think could, you think could sell pretty well. You're talking to someone at an accounting firm who uh, they're working for a customer who buys those products on a regular basis. They could probably connect you right away to exactly where you want to get. Then there's the whole concept of invisible capital. There's a book by Chris Robb out there. If you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to figure this thing out, I highly recommend uh, spending some time reading that. It's a gentleman that you've had on the show before, Ed Hopkins. Uh, is a gentleman. He, he recommended it. He recommended the book. He actually gave me a copy of the book. And uh, it's one of those things that changed my life when uh, when we talk about uh, understanding the value of the network. There's another one called Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi. You could read. It could teach you a lot about how to go through the process of networking to build long-term relationships that allow you to build out your business in time. So that's my, my quick answer to everything that, or my long answer to everything that Tamika, I think, was, I think was asking. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, along with special guest co-host Ashley Thomas. This morning's discussion question, business mastermind. What does a successful business collaboration look like? Our special guest for the first hour, Terry Simmons, as well as Kimberly Fowler. Um, Ashley asked you a question, Kim, so I want to go ahead and let you answer that as I highlight Rashad Howard, again, from our Money Motivation podcast that Terry was fortunate enough to be on as well. Um, as Terry kind of mentioned, with the platform, we may not be bringing you the celebrities that you see all over the place, but we're bringing you real unique people that can give you real solutions and answers to the things that you need. So I hope any entrepreneur listening took notes on the books that Rashad Howard mentioned, as well as um, who we recommended that you know. Lawyers in your city and accountants can really get you some key networking opportunities to collaborate and scale your business. Take notes Please, Rashad Howard has scaled to eight figures. So please understand you're learning from important people, even though they may not be famous. With that said, Kim, if you will, um, go ahead and answer that question, which I think is an excellent question. What what feelings were you overcoming? Or even if necessary, you can even have Ashley ask the question again. But go ahead, Kim. Yeah, if she could clarify, because I think I heard two questions in there. So if you could clarify that question, I'll be more than happy to answer it. Yeah, so, you know, just just hearing Terry talk about, like, the type of person you are in your business um, and and you being patient, what what feelings came up for you in realizing that there were things that you were not monetizing on and how did you overcome that, right? Because if a lot of people can't separate their emotions, you know, that personal from Mm -hmm. business, and they mm-hmm. and they get stuck in that, you know, how do you find the willpower or the strength to overcome that? Because that's your baby. This is the area where you were lacking in. So how, how did you overcome that? So some of the feelings that did come up, and that's a, that is a great question, because one of the feelings that automatically came up when we when I first realized that, oh, my God, I'm not monetizing this, is that I – don't know what I'm doing. I'm not enough. Like, what do I think? Who do I think I am to be trying to build a seven-figure business? And I couldn't even see this right in my face. But it helped me to realize that, you know, with the patience, the patience gave me the willpower to say, 
this is where you are. I can face my reality. So I was able to, you know, overcome, even though I had those um, emotions, those overwhelming emotions of, oh, my God, I can't believe I didn't see this. I must not be good enough. I said, let me face my reality. At least I'm facing it right now, and let me figure out a way to overcome this. And let me figure out how I can fix this or how I can move forward. So it's really all about like those, because as entrepreneurs, you know, we all, we're all going to have those limits and beliefs. Um, even though we may have the skills to do what we need to do, it's just a, it was just those limits and beliefs I had to, um, to um, overcome. And honestly, we, as we're talking about collaborations, because I knew that I had those limits and beliefs, I actually got a, um, a counselor you know, to help me with my mindset. So I have, I'm, I'm, I, so I've been working with people with mindset specifically too. So just like Terry said, I've been working in every area of my business. We cannot forget as entrepreneurs to work on our mental as well. So when I realized I had those, um, those overwhelming limits and beliefs, I'm, I'm working with someone to help me with that through, through that as well. So yeah, so I was feeling like, oh, I'm not, I'm not enough. This isn't going to be right. It's not going to be good enough. But that perfectionism syndrome, that imposter syndrome, is not going to be enough. Like, what if people? What, what if when I do put this out? Um, because in, um, the brand that we created was Coach Kimberly Fowler. So that means I, I, that means I have to put myself out personally more in front of people and say you know, with the audacity to say, I'm going to help you build a six-figure business. Like, that's bold. <laughs> and that was scary. So I felt like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I need to become the product. I am the product. So that way, so just like with any other product, there's always constant, con- continuous improvement to the product. So what does that look like for me to continuously improve myself so that I can build the confidence to exert myself to other people and say, hey, I can help you and I can help you get results. So that means I need to invest in my mental. I need to do um, invest in my personal development. I need to develop my skills. What skills are needed to become a great coach? Let me read up on these. Let me take classes on these. Let me, you know, hone in on the skills that I need to, to become a better product so that I can provide a better service, and then I can, you know, have the confidence. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, I definitely love that because I think the thing that's missing when we talk about entrepreneurship is, like, everything that goes on. Like, people know that it takes hard work. People know that, you know, you might have to um, – be up a little bit later or wake up a little bit earlier, right? But, like, people don't really talk about what happens when those limiting beliefs come up, when, like, you're pretty much, like, facing yourself and trying to push through and trying to overcome and how much you have to be investing into yourself and pouring into yourself and building yourself up to stay encouraged because being an entrepreneur is not for the weak. And so I I really appreciate um, that that vulnerability and transparency around what it looks like to face those things and overcome it. Mm-hmm. No, it makes yeah. a lot of sense. Appreciate Ash. No surprise that that's the space that you would want to go in the mental space. Again, you have money matters, which is a combination of how to effectively um, understand money as well as the mindset behind money. So love the fact that you brought that to the table. And I was looking and glad to hear that Kimberly said, hey, I did get that counselor for my own limiting beliefs and how that's a part of her success as well. We got about five minutes before we let both of our amazing guests go. We bring on our next upcoming guest, Dwayne Drone and Joshua Gillow. 
um, to continue talking about this morning's discussion of what a successful business collaboration looks like. So in this last five minutes, Terry, again, with this being what your business is, is built on relationships and collaborations dearly. And again, I love, again, putting, you know, introducing you to people, if you will. But again, you do this for a living. So in this last five minutes, just to answer the question, what does a successful business relationship collaboration look like? Um, it's very dope that we've come full circle. I introduced y'all, you know, a little over um, a year and a half ago, and it just so timed out. I got both of you on, and y'all are currently in Baton Rouge collaborating. Like, what's the chances of that? That's how the universe <laughs> works out. So right, really right, right. They, you know, literally having you, y'all going to get off this, off this, you know, off your phones, if you will, and literally go see each other here and, and lunch and do whatever y'all are doing together. But I just think it's a beautiful opportunity. But if you could just give a perspective, because this is what you do, what does a successful business collaboration look like? Yeah, so I think it goes back to what Kimberly said a few minutes ago, is that, it's, first of all, you have to have an end goal in mind. Uh, and you have to be very specific about that goal. The second thing you have to uh, uh, identify is what types of collaborations are you going to need in order to get to that goal. So we, we've been focused on this particular show uh, a lot on, in a sense, outsourcing and hiring subject matter experts to make up for areas that uh, that entrepreneur or that business may be weak in. Uh, but, you know, there are different types of collaborations, right? So first of all, you can collaborate with another company or individual to co-brand something where the two of you are leveraging your um, credibility in your respective spaces to build a, a bigger collaborative brand that will, you know, benefit both brands financially and in terms of, you know, exposure. Um, the second is obviously that, you know, I'll tell you this, uh, this personal testimonial. Uh, I've, over the past 17 years, I've had the opportunity to work on, a number of seven-figure contracts, uh, only one of those contracts did I procure and operationalize on my own, meaning my, my company was the sole source provider. In every single instance, we, we took a look at, if it was a governmental contract, we took a look at that, that uh, request for proposals, and we looked at, you know, what strengths they wanted a firm to have, and then I looked at the strengths that my firm had, and I sought out collaborative partners on that initiative to make up for my weaknesses. My weaknesses on that particular opportunity could have been relationships. It could have been uh, technology. It could have been certain credentials that my team didn't have uh, that would, you know, look favorable in our proposal. And um, pretty much any time that we, that I put together a, a consortium or a collaborative, so to speak, we've gotten the deal. Uh, and I can tell you that we would not have gotten a deal if I had gone at it, you know, alone. As a matter of mm -hmm. fact, one of the most important lessons that I learned was on an opportunity with Homeland Security. They were hiring a marketing firm to market um, the Coast Guard. Uh, a lot of folks don't know that the Coast Guard is actually an arm of the military, but they wanted to diversify um, the Coast Guard, you know, more women, more African-Americans, and so forth. And so uh, they wanted to launch this very aggressive marketing campaign. I think it was maybe a $38, $40 million opportunity. Now, we did not get the contract, so don't nobody call me for money. Uh, <laughs> we didn't get the contract, uh, but we were one of the three finalists. Well, why? Well, first of all, I went and found a company that had a disabled vet as the owner mm -hmm. to add to my collaborative. I also went and found uh, a couple of other firms that had strengths that, that, that we didn't have. Uh, and we put together a really, really uh, solid proposal 
and you know flew down to DC to defend it, and ultimately we didn't we didn't get the contract. But I'm just showing you we would not have been a finalist on that opportunity mm-hmm. were it not a collaborative. So again, you got to look at your strengths and weaknesses and figure out you know what you need to uh, sew up. And then lastly, it's what I said earlier: you got to go beneath the surface. It can't just be. Oh, yeah, you know, we were introduced and, you know, somebody I went to high school with said this guy's good at what he does. And so you start writing checks or you start, you know, uh, co-branding something together. You really got to sit down and figure out whether or not the two of you or or your two organizations, if they're operationally compatible. Um, I've had some collaboratives where we weren't, you know, just the way that they conduct the business on a daily basis was just different than than how we rock. You know, uh, whether that be communication, whether that be, you know, how we handle financial resources um, and so forth. And so, you know, those may not have been as successful, but you really got to sit down and figure that out. And, you know, in in, in the situation with my firm and Kimberly's uh, firm, you know, so even though, you know, Kimberly's paying a fee for a service, the reason why it works is because for what she pays us, if she had to hire someone to do what we do, it would cost her three times more, right? But we function in the same manner that that individual would function, meaning if Kim emails us, we respond almost in real time. You know, we have scheduled calls. She does her Monday morning checkups, which I always look forward to. She sends these long emails where she does a brain dump, and it lets me know what her priorities <laughs> are for the next couple of weeks or months, uh, and, I, you know, I'll respond and if there are resources that I have, in some cases that may be outside of the scope of what we're being paid to do, if I can extend something to her that's going to help her to get to that next level, I'll do it because it's a real relationship. It's not just a write me a right. check and I, you know, I perform right. a function. We we are in a sense if on her org chart for the functions that we serve, we are we are that on her org chart. We just happen to be an outsourced entity that she's using for it. And no, so I don't think sense. that that's the truth. No, I love it. I love everything you've given us. We are up against the top of the hour. Um, If both of you will, if there's any public information y'all want to give out, um, let's um, send that to me, and I'll make sure on the replays that it is always attached. And, of course, y'all know if I know anybody who needs you, I'm going to refer anyway because that's what we do. But um, y'all have been brilliant, but I definitely want to be respectful of the top of the hour and our next guest time, and I'll just say thank y'all very much. Um, One last comment from both of you, and we're going to go to our top of the hour break. Just one quick, you know, sentence or whatever. Well, thank you very quick. Thank you both of you for coming on this morning. Okay, I'll just say one quick sentence. For any entrepreneur that's on is thinking about, okay, how do I add, at what point do I know I need to add a, a strategic partnership or collaboration? If you're spending too much time trying to solve a problem that you are not trained to solve, you need to possibly think about outsourcing. That's point blank. <laughs> if I you are it. leveraging your time, yeah. Now, make sense, Terry. Yeah, I mean, I echo, I echo Kimberly's sentiment. You know, if you're a chef and you're good at coming up with recipes and cooking, but you decide that you want to distribute your product, then go find a co-packer that's going to package it and ship it out and handle distribution. Don't try to go set up your own distribution center because you're probably going to make a thousand mistakes in that particular arena where you lose money and lose credibility. So she hit it spot on. It's, it's uh, you don't don't try to do everything yourself. I love it. All right, thank y'all so much. We are at the top of the hour. We'll be right back with our special guest, Dwayne Drone, as well as Joshua Gillow. This morning's discussion question, business mastermind, what does a successful business collaboration look like? All I ask is that you think. Ask, I know you got to run off. I'll look for your number to come back on when you get back, when you get a chance, Queen.
I went from looking to work to punching the clock. I went from punching the clock to running the shop. I'm going again, I'm going again, I'm going again. LNG Technology Services, we are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478 781 Four eight six zero. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478-781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. If you have a product or service you want to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, please contact me directly and be a, like LNG Technologies, who are now not only a gold member, but they are a black member. Go to mentaldialogue.com to support what we're doing, whether you're a business or an individual. This morning's discussion question, business mastermind, what does a successful business collaboration look like? I am happy to bring on returning guest Dwayne Drone, as well as collaborative, his collaborative partner on the show known as Outer Spaces, which I thoroughly enjoy uh, with Joshua Gillow. I have both of them on this morning as we continue this morning's discussion. Um, Ashley had to step away, so hopefully she'll be back on with us as well so that I make sure I'm always getting that woman's viewpoint on whatever we're doing, which is something that I always do with the Queens of Intellect. But with that said, I'm going to start with you, Dwayne. I haven't been on the show before. Thank you, King, for being on with us. Give us a quick background. We'll let Joshua give his background, and we'll continue this morning's discussion. But thank you for making time for us again. What's going on, Montoya? You got me? Yep, got you. You're coming loud and clear. Okay, yeah, we didn't do a, we didn't do a sound test, and you know we always have a sound issue. <laughs> <laughs> no, we hey, we've been rocking pretty good the last last the last two times I had you on though. But the first two, hey, let me tell you this that you said that. I gotta say this now. Hey, I actually set this show up. It always happens when it's you. It's you. I set this show up and had it set up for twelve for twelve o'clock this morning. So I woke up. I was like, why is this the show ready to go? It has already happened. And I was like, oh, I sent you the wrong link. So I got up early this morning to out all the links again so that people could even catch this show. So we might have missed some people. They might be hitting the wrong link. So today wasn't a sound check, but it was a whole other issue. I don't know how I did that. But go ahead, King. Thank, thank you so much for being with us. It's, it's always us for some reason. It's Chicago. It's you live up in Chicago, man. We don't get a, Atlanta and Chicago don't get along. <laughs> Yeah, hey man, what's going on? Thanks for having us on the show. My name is Dwayne Drug, uh, the owner of, actually co-owner of Share My Wife, Visex Design Studios. Um, I actually, I'm partner with Joshua on a company called Yes Express. We also have the Outer Spaces podcast, and we just got a lot of stuff, man, a lot of stuff going on, just uh, helping people and enjoying life at the same time. I love it. I'm excited to have you on, Joshua Gillow, if you will. Please let people know your background. Obviously, you collaborate with 
um, Dwayne with Yes Express, but anything else that you want to share in reference to this morning's discussion question, what does a successful business collaboration look like? Thank you for being with us, Joshua. Well, thank you for having well, me you on. Having you having know, I'm super excited to talk about this uh, the subject. You know, it's uh, something near and dear to my heart. And uh, like Dwayne mentioned, we have Outer Spaces podcast. We do uh, we have Yes Express, and we're changing our entire industry by how we're you know helping them communicate better with their clients and being able to you know create an environment where they can spend more time with their families and you know get the the, the good stuff out of life as opposed to being stuck in their business. Um, I also have a, like Dwayne does. I also have a design build practice as well where we build outdoor living spaces and uh, also dabble in real estate as well. So. Um, you know, born and raised Pennsylvania and uh, just loving life and loving helping people finding and, you know, setting their dream path. That's really the main goal. No, I love it. Um, great opportunity. I know I share with my best friend as I always kind of like to share, hey, hey, here's how I'm going to promote the show. And when I mentioned the idea of creating time freedom, he was like, man, that's the part that got me because um, he's a very successful entrepreneur out in L.A., um, doing well. He's one of our um, supporters, Money Motivation, and that's the part that he latched on to. Uh, but let's dig a, just a little into you and um, Dwayne meeting, if you will. Um, before that, let me highlight this about Dwayne. Again, he's someone that I love to, in a sense, um, go to when it comes to scaling business, because I know he's scaled a couple of businesses, um, and, and including the one that he currently has now. Uh, but I want to highlight this aspect. So in the past, when I've brought Dwayne on, it's been, and it's been particularly to the African American communities from the standpoint of he's scaled in an industry where he's, as I always like to say, a one of one. And so, yeah. collaborations uh, quite often from our in our community's perspective, as we jump into entrepreneurship, we're in a sense always looking for collaborations within our own community. But when you're a one of one, that opportunity isn't always there. And so I wanted to at least bring that to the table as we highlight you and Joshua um, Dwayne finding each other and what is that like. I wanted to just bring – I had to bring that up because it's only appropriate for our audience because that wasn't your opportunity being a one-of-one. One. So if we could highlight how y'all even met and how you figured out to create the trust that y'all have not only created, but y'all are encouraging – other entrepreneurs to get the time freedom, which is the ultimate goal versus being stuck in your business all the time, like many entrepreneurs are. So I know I said a lot in that, but Dwayne, I know you're used to my style, so I'll let you jump off and then Joshua, you can respond to how did y'all meet to even begin your collaboration. You know, uh, first, Montel, I'll jump in that um, Joshua is it's sort of wild. Like It was almost like universe planned instead of us planned. And what happened was um, I used to do my vlogs uh, on YouTube to, and Facebook to, to advertise my business. Well, Joshua saw it, and he wanted to use our design services for his business. And he picked up the phone and called, and we talked about it. And it wasn't the right fit at the time because we weren't looking to work with other companies. We were just advertising work with our clients. So he was actually coming to Chicago for the Tony Robbins UCW. And before he went through the UCW, he said, hey, I got some time uh, we've never met before. Let's go out and have dinner. And so he's like, you picked the restaurant. I came in town. You know, I came in. We had dinner. We talked about our life goals. And it was, like, weird. As the conversation was happening, we were, like, relating to each other. Like, yeah, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. And we sort of just left it at that. Like I said, we didn't know each other. We just left it at that. He went to the UCW. Tony Robbins rocked his world. 
And then I want to say about three or four months later, he calls me up and said, I got a present for you. I'm like, a present? I don't really know you, bro. Like, what present are you giving me? You know? <laughs> and he said, I got some tickets for you to go to Tony Robbins UCW. And then I'm like, okay, who's Tony Robbins? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right, right, and, right. And after I went, the first day I was in there, I was in tears balling because if you know anything about these Tony Robbins events, they are high energy, high intense. I mean, to your soul. I'm in tears balling because I'm like, this guy had to have been thinking of me while he was in this state of mind. And why was he thinking of me? Like, this is dope. So after I got out, called him up. I mean, I'm calling him. I like, thank you for saving my life, blah, blah. You mean all this stuff. And he was like, you want to just start talking weekly about your experience and you go from and we just sort of build a relationship from there. That's amazing. Joshua, what was it um, that, you know, obviously you just mentioned you, you liked his designs on his blog, right? You reached out and says, hey, I would like to use it. At the, as you said, as he said, wasn't no time to collaborate at the time, but as he just said, you must have been thinking of him. So can you talk about it from your side of it? Like, why were you thinking of him? Why did you offer the present, the gift? And obviously y'all are here today. So if you could just even talk about that part of it. Absolutely. So Montoya, have you ever had a situation in your life when you met somebody, you might not have known them deeply at the time, but you just know there's something special about them. Have you ever had that? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. So that's that's what it was with Dwayne. When we had dinner, I, when we left that evening, I was like, there's something, the universe has lined us up, God has lined us up to do something bigger. I don't know what it is yet, but I'm going to be open to it. There's just a feeling I had. So after going through the UPW and, and seeing what it did and what it did for myself, you know, I didn't know anything about Dwayne really at all, except that he lived in Chicago. He was a designer and we were both passionate about the same basic thing, right? So uh, I was sitting there thinking, you know, He's a man that I just, you know, had dinner with. I think it'd be a lot of fun to to see where what he could do with the information I just learned, right? So, you know, I made a, a commitment at that event to myself that I was going to stop focusing on trying to become more significant in life for my ego and be more focused on growth and contribution and giving back because that's truly where my heart is most passionate. That's truly where I'm driven from. So. Uh, and I had to go through this event to realize that. Thank goodness I did, or I would have spent the rest of my life chasing something that's been illusion. So mm-hmm. anyway, and I was thinking like, okay, well, you know, I, I want to think about a few people in my life that I think would really benefit from an experience like that and be able to take their life experience, their human experience, to the next level. And Dwayne pops in my head right away, and I'm like, okay, cool. And that's, it, it fell in my heart, and I'm like, that's what it is. And then I was just so so grateful that he – took it and made something of it, you know, and said, okay, because it's a, it's a big ask when it comes to not just the, the monetary side, the travel and all this and disrupting your business to go do all of this, uh, but at the same time, to trust enough to know that there's something, that, that you trust the person that's giving the gift, so you allow the giver to give and not to, to not just be focused on receiving in life, you know what I mean? So, in general, it was just so so much of a beautiful thing to see him go through that and to hear his responses and how much that that event had changed his life. I mean, maybe even more than it changed my life the first time out. And, guys, I honestly didn't think I had anything wrong when I went. Like, there was nothing I was like, all right, I'm going to go to this event. I need to be fixed. Like, that wasn't the case. I went into it with a pretty open mind thinking, like, let's just see where this goes. And it absolutely, uh, you, know, you know, spoke to my soul, changed everything, my perspective of just about everything that I see. So with that, and I'm not here to prop the, the uh, UPW experience, I just know how powerful it is, but it was such a catalyst in my life to take me from where I was to where I, I am currently now. And what I also learned during that to the tone of this conversation 
is that in order to grow, we have to stop focusing on ourselves so much and focus on a bigger dynamic. How can we impact more people's lives on our journey through this thing we call life, right? How can we impact more and by collaborating and by bringing people's skill sets that are far beyond what you'll probably ever possess in certain categories in business by bringing them into the mix and having them be part of your collaboration. It's not just you that wins. It's everybody that wins. And then when everybody's driven for passion, they're driven for their mission, and it's expanding because of everyone's combined mission in one unit, it, it's like a, a, a militia almost, you know, like a military sense where if one person's out you know, trying to, to combat something, it's really tough. But when you've got an entire group coming with you that all have the same mission in mind, it becomes a, a game changer when it comes to the capacity of how your impact in your life. Yeah, it becomes exponential. We are up against the break, yeah. uh, and I'm loving hearing, again, how you met. And here's what I'm thinking about, um, Dwayne, if we could start here out of the break. And, you know, just the concept of coming where we come from, and then you have Joshua, again, offering you this gift. So just if we could dialogue about just getting over that trust issue, because, again, where we come from, we're thought to look at that as very leery. And so I think it's beautiful to highlight, one, that you were able to overcome it. Two, do you have this relationship? But if we could just dialogue about that mindset of what that took for you to actually take this gift. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and T-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They still go with me. Because I look like money. Smell like money. Talk like money. Even walk like Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. have to highlight Money Motivation. Just re-up their sponsorship to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. So be like them. Grow up and be just like Money Motivation and keep Intelligent Radio on the air. So definitely shout out and thanks to Money Motivation. Go to moneymotivation.com. They are the top streetwear brand for entrepreneurs and those who are chasing that bag and representing that. Um, this morning's discussion question, business mastermind, what does a successful business collaboration look like? Our special guest, Dwayne Drone, as well as Joshua Gillow, uh, both uh, podcasters themselves of Outer Spaces, highly recommend that podcast. They go much deeper, um, not only in their niche space of design, but they really get into the human element of what it takes to be a successful entrepreneur. Highly recommend them as well. But if you will, Dwayne, um, you know, I now know, thanks to you being a part of the Mr. Dollar Mastermind, I even know what you were experiencing at the time that you told Joshua yes. And most people in the space that you were in would have absolutely said no, even if they wanted to. 
in the space they, that you were mentally in, now that I know that detail. Um, so if you could just even speak about, again, because this is part of a successful collaboration, based on what you were going through, this is possibly a collaboration that could have never happened as unlikely as it started, if you will. Yeah. You know, Zanta, I know exactly what you mean by that question. And I'll start from it was when he first called, like I said, we still didn't know each other that much. Like we, we just had a mm-hmm. dinner and it was a dope dinner. Don't get me wrong. Like it was mm-hmm. a dope dinner. We were two business guys talking. Um, I was dealing with, you mean, just a, just a financial turmoil. My father had died. I just moved to a new city. I was doing everything I possibly could to even make it happen. I mean, I had this multi-million dollar company we had. We got rid of it. We tried to start something new. It's not working. No, I'm I'm driving Uber, you know, doing everything I can just to pay bills, not paying rent on time, not paying cell phone. I mean, it was just rough. Like, even mm-hmm. when we met, I had to Uber that day just mm-hmm. to get enough cash just in case he's like, well, we're going to go half on the bill. You know what I mean? So right. I'm, right. I'm even stressed out just even getting to the meeting. And so, you know, we meet, we talk, and, and you know, everything is cool. And then, like I said, he calls me up for the tickets. I'm sort of like a little like apprehensive, like who the mm-hmm. who the hell is giving me something for free? Like what's the catch? Right. What's going on? So I look at it and I look like, okay, yeah, you got tickets to this thing. Then I start. It was in Newark, the first one. So I'm looking at the hotels. I'm looking at the flights. I'm looking at like if I got to get a rental car, if I got an Uber, like what is it going to cost me? And it's big money. You mean at the time that I'm going through my life. And I'm now I'm stressed out. First, I think it's like a little joke. Like, I think it's like a marketing ploy. Like, hell, I'll give you some free tickets to go to this event. But now you get there, and then we're going to sell you a whole bunch of other stuff. You know? right. So that's what I'm thinking. And I'm, I just, there's just, in my mind, I said there's just no way I'm going to come up with the money to make it. Not at the time that I'm dealing with. So a week before the event started, my nephew actually overdosed and died. And so I, I actually was able to use that excuse to get out of it and say, you know what, I can't go because I, I had to go to Ohio, deal with my nephew, which was a bad situation because my nephew looked at me like I was, you know, he looked up to me. And so the right. reason was really hard to deal with that. So, so the next time around, I, I, what I did was I started listening to Joe Dispenza on the accident. My buddy gave me a video, and I started listening to the video. Every night that I was coming back from Ubering, I was listening to Joe Dispenza to change your mindset, change your thoughts. Like, I, I was so stressed out, Montoya. I was, I was having suicidal thoughts. Like, that's how close I was to the edge. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was really struggling. And so the next time around, like, like I said, we still weren't friends yet. So we talked again around May. And I was telling him I just had did something crazy and signed up for this office that I could not afford at the time. But because of the Joe Dispenza do something different, I was like, I'm going to sign up for this office. Well, I mean, I ended up getting, I ended up having to shut down the office before anything happened because I couldn't afford it. But it, but that right. office thing changed my life. It changed my life. It created a dialogue that really changed a lot. So Josh calls up and he said, hey, man, um, you think you want to try to go back to that UPW again? I said, you know, yeah, Josh, I'm thinking about it. So I'm thinking he's going to, it's going to be like November, you know? So he says, hey, I'll call you back. And I didn't think anything of it. He calls me back and he said, it's all set up, brother. You're going in July. I'm like, July? I'm like, dude, it's May. And so I just, <laughs> at that moment, <laughs> at that moment, I made the commitment and said, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to make it happen. And so I Ubered. I, I, I did what I had to do to get the money. 
for the hotel, for everything that it took to make it happen. I even Ubered up until three hours before the flight to go to Dallas that night. I Ubered all night long up until three hours before that flight. I didn't even sleep. I slept on the plane to Dallas and do that. And that thing rocked my world so hard. I never Ubered another day after leaving that event. And we were actually dealing with an eviction at the time. So the, the July 15th, that was the date of my eviction hearing, and I decided to go to the UPW, not the eviction hearing. We even got back. I made the money, paid everything up. Within three weeks, we were in a new spot, paid all the deposits, paid the movers, paid everything, and has never missed rent, never done anything, and we've built multi-million since then. So, Joshua, if I can throw this back, because, again, this morning's discussion is what does a successful business collaboration look like? But I'm loving this deep dive because I'm pretty sure at this point, based on the relationship I see y'all have, you know all of this now. But at the time, you had no idea. You just said there's something special about this guy. You were reaching out. So um, just if you could just, in a sense, think about that moment at the time, you not knowing everything that he had been through to 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 now y'all are amazing business um partners to the degree that you show others how to do it. So uh, just jump in there because again I think this is part of understanding successful business collaborations, at least from my perspective. Go ahead, Joshua. I'm sorry, brother. I'm sorry. Bring you back live. I took you down for the break. Alright, you live now. Go ahead, brother. No worries. So I'm gonna tell you like like you said and like we've said I I really knew nothing about Dwayne's story during that time, during, you know, dinner. It was just, hey, two people having a great uh, meal and good conversation. And like I said, when I, w- when I was younger, I would be more stuck in my head. Like I'd be thinking like, all right, well, does it make sense to do this? Does it make any sense to do that? Does, you know, what's the, what kind of data do you have in order to back up this idea? Where at that time in my life, you know, I was approaching uh, the age of 40, you know, and right around 40. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to start leading more with my heart. This is even before I went to UPW, right? I'm just going to start leading more with my heart and say, there's this, there's this something about it. And I don't need to put a name or a, or a, or a title to it. It's a feeling that I have. That's it. So that's, that's what provoked that, you know, situation. And I just trusted God, trusted the universe to, to, to follow through with that and figured that Dwayne, if he did go, he would have whatever, you know, experience he would have. And hopefully that helps him on his journey. That was it. Right. And, mm-hmm. and to see, and then to hear the story and to, to see everything come to fruition and see him just freaking explode. in uh, you know, the last few years has been absolutely humbling to watch. And I'm just so privileged to be able to be part of that. And, you know, and then fast forward it, we you know, after the UPW, we just, we bonded on a whole different level, uh, which yeah. is really cool and really got to know the man much deeper. And, you know, it, it's really interesting because what Dwayne has taught me, before we get into the collaboration side, and he's helping me understand, you know, I'm a white guy in Pennsylvania. There was one African-American man in our high school. My filter, if you will, of the world mm-hmm. is that I see things through what I grew up with, just like everybody else does. So right. what Dwayne has really helped me understand is how not every filter is the same and how others struggle with things that I never would even thought of or things that I never even feel or have to experience. Like I, I have no idea. I had no idea. Let me say it that way. I had no idea until I met Dwayne and he started opening up that vision for me so I can start to see what it's like to be African-American in America. I didn't know, you know, I just, mm-hmm. I just flat out didn't know. I had no way to know that. So anyway, with that being the point, you know, it, it's really interesting now that we're out, you know, impacting people's lives through our podcasts and through our classes and all that stuff. And to be able to, to see things a little bit more 
uh, from different angles, you know, as opposed to just one angle, the only right. filter I've ever known, you know what I mean? So it's really been very helpful and it's been very, uh, very beautiful to see how we can help a lot more people. But in general, you know, the, the relationship has grown and grown. As you mentioned trust earlier, like how do you know you can trust somebody, especially if it's something that is a bit different, like how we met, you know what I mean? And it's, I, I, look, I view the world this way, that I trust everyone until you give me a reason not to. Right. And that's that's how I choose to see it. Others would say, look, everybody's guilty until proven innocent. And I I choose to see the other way around, because for me, there's a lot more beauty in in my philosophy, if you will. Right. So anyway, we uh, I see Dwayne, you know, having a good time. And I started uh, thinking about taking our business processes that we've built for the last uh, 20, 20 years at the time and figured, hey, you know, they worked for us to help us double revenue. They helped us do all of those things. I wonder if it could work for somebody else. You know, so we, I talked to Dwayne, and he's like, yeah, man, let's, let's do this, right? Let's, let's jump on board. Let's, uh, I'll jump on and we'll, we'll learn. So we collaborated together, and I taught him, you know, a lot of the stuff we learned, and he taught me some of the stuff he learned, right? And it's like the next thing you know, we're like, holy crap, this is something we could actually bring to the world, right? There's so many in our industry, regardless of skin tone, you know, that, that struggle with these same things we did, and we've solved them. So how do we help others now get there? So that's when Yes Express was, you know, born, the idea of it coming together, and now we do design, we do sales side of things. We help people communicate both visually and audibly through. But at the same time, it was that we both have this, this passion to impact and to help and to love others. And that's really what drives both of us. And once you find another human being with those same attributes and those same values, there is no, there is nothing you can't do together because you're so dialed in to the why to the reasoning behind everything, the the, mm-hmm. the engine that drives everything, that dude, we could be selling, you know, knitting needles right now. You know what I mean? Or we could right. be doing anything, but we know from the same center why we're doing it, and that's really what is, is one of our key differentiators and one of the things that lock us so tight together, brother. No, I love it. Let me highlight this before I go to another break. Again, I got to take care of my sponsors. So um, this is so good. I, I want to do this without breaks because I'm loving what I'm hearing. Um, but I really want to highlight – a couple of things that you just pointed out, um, being open to the different experience, because that is part of the reason why I wanted to do this dialogue. And I think you hit the head on the nail with two things, um, the why being the ultimate driver. And I would just like to highlight, I used to have a, a, one of my, my favorite collaborators on the show in the past, uh, uh, Brother Jim Klingman, um, just spent a lot of years uh, writing specific dialogues on the business, the um, black business entrepreneur's mindset. Um, a lot of, lot of, lot of newspaper articles, a lot of articles. And one thing that I learned from him is exactly what you just said, Joshua. He was like, how do you trust someone? He said, simple, just trust them. And um, yeah. it's been such a guiding principle for him that it, it, it laid out his success and that, and, and coming from that perspective, that's the opposite of what we're taught in our community. I know Dwayne can talk, speak to that directly. We're going to go to this break, but I wanted to highlight that because overcoming that distrust issue and your why is why this collaboration has been so successful. And ultimately, part of the reason I wanted to do it on this show is I knew that I didn't know exactly what y'all would talk about, but it's coming together like I expected because ultimately those two things is what makes it work regardless of skin color, bringing that, that up. And we have an issue often in our community with doing that, even with amongst ourselves. And if you are a one of one, you may stay a long ranger quite often because you won't take the steps that Dwayne, Dwayne has taken in this collaboration. We'll be right back where all I ask is that you think. 
If you're looking to purchase or sell a home in Atlanta's competitive real estate market, there's only one real estate agent we call on, Ephraim Abdullah. Not only is he honest and straightforward, but he has a proven, repeatable strategy that consistently gets his clients the homes they wanted versus their second or third choice. What's Ephraim's secret? His virtual on-the-spot offer moves his clients to the front of the line for purchases. And for sales, his no-nonsense approach gets your home sold and off the market. For a results-oriented real estate experience, contact Ephraim Abdullah, a licensed agent powered by EXP Realty at 770-800-7922. Again, that number is 770-800-7922. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question Business Mastermind, what does a successful business collaboration look like? Our special guest, Joshua Gillow, as well as Dwayne Drawn from the Outer Spaces podcast and Guest Express, from what I understand, is the other business, the business they actually collaborate on. Uh, but, Dwayne, I wanted to go right where, uh, you know, Joshua talked about making that, uh, you know, learning different perspectives and things of that nature. But I speak to what you know is a part of our community, and I'm always trying to raise the consciousness of the community. And so you got into an industry where you couldn't even limit yourself. There's a, there's a comment that, I, that sometimes, sometimes that I'll say when I go to different ish, things here in Atlanta where I'll say, um, buy black, sell to everyone. Well, you've always understood to sell to everyone because your industry wouldn't make it um, based on what you're focused on if you were, in a sense, only selling to us, if you will. But the reality is you also could have been the Lone Ranger I spoke about. Instead, you're making these amazing collaborations that are now helping you succeed either further. So if you could speak to that in a sense of helping others in the culture realize how they would need or sometimes get that trust to collaborate and expand their businesses, if that makes sense. You know, uh, Montoya, I say it all the time. If you listen to the podcast, um, I actually learned it from the Tony Robbins thing, proximity power. You know what I mean? Who you're around is who you become. And just you just have to start reaching out and taking more chances. And I know exactly what you're saying about you know, being able to collab with different people. I actually did have um, a collaboration uh, with our favorite patio company in Columbus, Ohio, um, I did collab with another gentleman, and he was actually a really great guy. The only problem was he was a gambler. So he was really good in sales. He actually taught me sales. Uh, we did very well, but he couldn't see extra money in the bank account because he would take it to the riverboat and gamble it. And that's actually how uh, we turned around in Isabel and myself became business partners. So mm-hmm. like Isabel and I, we had the collaboration from the construction company we've been collabed in there our whole entire marriage and we or collaboration in this business. Now uh, we coll- we've been in the collaboration with that too. So collabing with Joshua, it was a different experience, but it was, it, I never really saw the color entity in it, to be honest with you. Like he right. called me up to say, Hey, let's really take a look at this um, sales and design side. And he said, you want to be a part of the design side. And I'm like, I'm game. Let's rock. Like we had, by this time we'd already established a friendship. We've already started talking all the time. We already started, like, like we basically talked each other through um, the pandemic. Like when the pandemic started going down, that, that's when our conversations really started going down more. And a lot of people don't even know is is that Yes Express actually started the very week that the pandemic stopped everything. So this wow. brand new business that just is about to hit the market completely started thousands of dollars in fees and everything was just paid 
the same week that everything shut down. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Here's your, let me think, let me say this way. But here it is. Like you said, it didn't that thought process didn't come in. And and I get it. Like I said, y'all were friends. But I'm I'm just really highlighting mm-hmm. that part because you and I both know there are people who might not have taken the step because they're focused on the wrong thing. So that's why mm-hmm. this dialogue is worth having because for somebody needing to take that step. It's, it's that's the psychology of what again this is mental dialogue of what I want to under, want them to understand to hear about now y'all step forward put up a lot of money and y'all started the week of the pandemic y'all are not supposed to be here today so it's 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 getting away from that mindset and continuing to collaborate is why you're here today if it based on what I'm hearing if that's fair mm-hmm. I would love to hear both of you dialogue about that but Dwayne again just kind of digging into the psychology of growing the the culture into understanding your reality cannot be limited to that that perspective that we know hurts can hurt our community if that makes sense. Marcelli I hear what you're saying and let's let's go deeper. Let's look I was trying to 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 bounce around the surface but I I, I realize what show we're on. So let's just go deeper. Exactly. And I know what you're saying. Okay. I, I know what you're saying. Here's what happened and 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 maybe I am going to have some black people get upset at me for here's what I'm saying. There's a force field around our there's a force field around our community, okay? And and I get it. There's a painful force field when you when you look on TV, you see the cops shooting us, you see the banks robbing and stealing from us, you see like half my eviction issues. It wasn't that I wasn't paying rent. It was that somebody knew I had something bad in the color, and they were doing all the tricks in the book to sort of cheat me and swindle me. So here I am sort of in the financial struggle. They're actually taking bigger chunks out of me that I shouldn't even be having to pay anyway. You mean, mm-hmm. so now I'm a black man. Do you think I'm going to trust some white guy that, you mean, hey, we're going to come together and do some business? Hell no. And that's what's going on with a lot of our black people in the community. They're seeing – all this stuff going on, and I, I see it now. Like, I actually have young black men tell me I can't sell products to them because I can't talk to them like you do. I, and that's actually said to me. Like, mm-hmm. like, I actually, one of my guys that I mentor, he was at the, um, the, 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 the show, just the GIE Expo, and he sends me a text. He said, buddy, he said, I don't know how you've been doing it for so long. He said, because I feel the hate over my shoulder. He said, I feel like there's a heat behind that door, and every time I touch that handle, it's burning my, my, my hand. This guy sent me this message, and here I am trying to mentor him, saying, hey, you put forth your work, you put out to it, something mm-hmm. great's going to happen to you. I have mm-hmm. young black people when I go around, they look at me like, who are you? You're like the white guy of black people. You're not even really black. You're like the white guy. You mean, so I still deal with my share of, uh, of attacks from our own people, um, I just chose to be open. Like, my mom is Jamaican. We didn't grow up with any anything against um, white people. My father worked at a college, and all his business was, was dealt with a white person. So it wasn't really – I mean, we knew the dangers of the police and the, the Karens calling the cops on us. I mean, we've had our fair share of that. We knew those dangers. But this guy is a genuine guy that I talk to, we become friends with. I, I'm not even thinking those things about him. Like, right. hey, let's rock. You want to do something? Let's rock. And so I think if I'm speaking to the community is we've got to start judging by persons and not just by everybody. I mean, we got to take a look at an individual and say, okay, is this guy really don't do let's, let's deal with and rock and not look at everybody as one. And this is something that's going to help wake our black community. up. Yeah. Cause it's almost like we're, we're almost crabs in a barrel. We're, we're pulling each other down 
hey, you know, somebody gets smart or do something, we say, hey, man, you're doing it with that person or that person. Why don't you find somebody to do it with you? Or why don't you hook on and run with us, and we'll all get it, get there together as a team? You know, it's, it's, let's throw color away. We're 2021. I know we're still having issues with the cops. I know that guy just got off for shooting those people. I mean, I, I know that, but we got to start looking for individuals and not just a whole uh, one person as a whole. And and what you're saying is real key, and I want to hear Joshua's thoughts on this. So uh, one of my most listened to show of all time in the six years that we've been doing this was um, what can the African-American community learn from the Asian community? And I ended up having this brother, this um, brother that was mixed Korean and mixed black and then a Chinese um, entrepreneur. And the, the Chinese guy, he, the brother, he was saying that because um, we have this assumption about how collaborative and how much they trust one another or whatever. But when he just breaks down who he chooses to work with, it sounded just like what you just said. And so he, he really was pointing it out to say, no, it's not, there's not this automatic trust amongst myself and other Ch- Chinese people is kind of what he was saying. He was like, ultimately it's just built the way we build any trust relationship is somebody keeping their word. They keep keeping their word and we do a collaboration. And this guy had come to this country um, at first, you know, illegally, he's now here legally and um, has several and owns several, um, several restaurants. Whereas he used to work in a restaurant 12 hours a day for, you know, for, for chump change, if you will. Now he's a, 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 a restaurant owner. And so it was like a chance to highlight. We have these concepts, that that breakdown to your relationship has to be built individually, and you go from there. So Joshua, kind of hearing us dialogue about again bringing y'all on the Mental Dialogue Talk Show to highlight the collaboration that you have. We're just giving you some of it from the perspective of of, of how Dwayne experiences as experiencing it as a successful African American, if you will. These are concerns for us. Well, how do you hear this dialogue being his collaborator on this new business? Yeah, so it's it's interesting because, you know, obviously uh, not growing up in American Black is, is a very different dynamic, again, back to that filter. And to, to realize now in my 40s that this is how, you know, an entire uh, group of a beautiful human beings have to live each and every day, it, it breaks my heart. You know what I mean? It really breaks my heart to see that that's the case. And, and coming together with Dwayne has, like I mentioned earlier, really shined a light on it. And what really fires me up with this collaboration is the fact that, him and I together, uh, we can change that. We have the power to change that, and we can, you know, focus on the past, focus on the future, focus on the present. We choose to focus on the present, what can we do today, and also focus on what's coming down the road and how can we make this, this situation, this, this difference, if you will, in society's eyes disappear. How can we do that? And you, Dwayne mentioned earlier about having, you know, being a black guy that has a white person's voice, if you will, or you're kind of like on that side already. So I say, okay, it's not about one being the other. It's simply about communication at the end of the day. So can we help people communicate better as a basic fundamental uh, part, especially in business? You know, oftentimes I find some of the minorities are are more um, challenged with the communication side because maybe English isn't their first language. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so they're coming in and then they feel like they're lesser because they can't communicate as well as the white guy or the the other person who has great uh, skills in that language, where I look at a second language as being, holy shit, they speak a second freaking language. <laughs> right. My wife is German, right? 
My wife is German, and she speaks fluent German, and uh, my both kids speak fluent German and English as well. So I have such respect for multilingual families. It's so much. I I wish I had the opportunity younger and I could have pulled it in like a sponge. But I'm learning now in my 40s, which is more interesting. But the point is it's about – you know, creating that, that opportunity for others to not feel like this is something that's going to always be with them, but say, look, this is the generation in which we change this shit. This is a generation in which I break all of the other fundamental laws that my family has lived with forever, the, the mindset that has kept us in the same position, going paycheck to paycheck and working our ass off if you're a business owner, working in your business instead of on your business because you don't have the opportunity to the education or because you just don't know you're supposed to do that, or you don't know that you have absolutely the power to own a business that you can go away from for two to three weeks at a time, and it runs or grows when you're gone. Those are the kinds of things we need to be the ones now, regardless of skin color, regardless of the story. We need to be the ones now that break that cycle for our families, where we can be the spot where it changes, and we can start growing as humans, as we can collaborate together, because that's truly, Montoya, where it is right now, we know this isn't a, a maverick, pioneer, bullshit, American dream game. Like, I've got to do it all on my own. I'm the stoic male of the family, and I've got to go do this myself so I can get all the accolades and I can boost my ego. That's not how it is anymore, at least not how I see it. I see this as a collaborative future where we bring humans together in order to build a better future for everybody and not just for one race or just for one person or just for one company. But how can we get together and help everybody live their best lives through their passions and their mission. That's really what it's all about, regardless of skin color. So I know I went a little off topic there, but no, you're on topic. You're absolutely, like. you're absolutely on topic, Josh. Josh, you're actually on topic because the world's becoming global, whether you like it or not, you're going to get left behind. If you don't collaborate, whether you like it or not, that is a reality. Um, historically humans have collaborated typically in the very beginning based on geography. And if you were isolated because of geography, your culture got left behind. That has lasted for over hundreds and thousands of years with the new world, with um, the metaverse and all these things coming. You can, you can avoid them if you like, but the reality is not a mistake to look otherwise. Uh, Brother Pianchi, uh, Brother Pianchi, oh, he wasn't wanting to get in. Uh, I guess he does it now. I got Ashley on, so I'm going to let her come on after this break. We'll be right back for all I ask. Is that you think? Have you heard about that podcast, Mental Dialogue? It's so good, it should be illegal. But if you miss the live show every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, be sure to catch replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and all other streaming platforms. We are the return of intelligent radio, and we are the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, gender, and business in the African-American community. And remember, all I ask is that you think. LNG Technology Services, we are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478-781-4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478 478- 
781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. If you are in the Atlanta area, want to have, highlight the Blackout Tour, Mental Dialogue links up with your ATL Tours, our first party bus tour experience. The Blackout Tour, where we learn black, shop black, and eat black. Come experience some of Atlanta's hottest spots in, in African-American history, games and prizes, and complimentary spirits and more. So go to youratltours.com to get tickets for the Blackout Tour. Hope to see some of y'all out next Saturday as we touch people coming out of this pandemic. This morning's discussion question, business mastermind, what does a successful business collaboration look like? My special guest, returning guest, Dwayne Drun, first-time guest, Joshua Gillow. I now have my fill-in queen of collab co-host, Ashley. I know you heard a little bit of what you were just hearing, so I just would like, love to hear um, your thoughts, Ashley, just kind of catching the tail end of some of this, uh, what stood out to you as we're discussing successful business collaborations. And obviously, I was intentional with this second hour conversation because you were a part of the first hour conversation, just about the mindset of us as African-Americans understanding how to, in a sense, um, navigate the landscape of business and what that actually looks like in a global world. So your thoughts on just hearing some of what you just heard, Queen, and then we'll get back to our guest. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, spot on. I, I, I don't think a lot of people really pay attention to where some deficiencies come from within our community just based on a lack of exposure or a lack of knowing. And so knowing how to partner with people that are aware of that and, and can really hold you up is, is really important. And I think that if you're talking about really having a presence um, in the business world, you have to be able to collaborate. You have to be able to do that within the black community as well. No, I love it, Dwayne. So yeah, you know, you know what show you on, Dwayne? Don't go surface. Don't, don't you know? We, we, we want to break the ice. We're gonna get all the way into it. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna get in the cold, ice down, come up, maybe all shivering, put a blanket over it, and try to fix it. That's what we had on this show. We don't play around. We ain't, we ain't that show, brother. You know we don't do that. So how you feeling about this? Because we finally broke you through the ice to get deep down and dirty with it. And, of course, that's what I wanted to do. It was, you know, you know me. I'm very intentional, although I don't tell you prior to the show. You know, I always want it live in 3D. That way you're not mentally preparing for how you're going to skate around where I want to go. I want to just douse you with it. So that's where we're at. We got, you know, this is our last segment. So, obviously, we're not talking about specifically about business. We really covered that in the last hour for anybody listening. But I wanted to really get into the mental dialogue of this conversation, a successful business collaboration. So your thoughts, brother? Uh, okay. So you know, I'm telling you, let me fire off on this. Um, I guess the reason why I, I try not to dig in there is because Joshua and I and, and Isabel and my family, our community, everybody around us now, is we're focusing on a different path. Color mm-hmm. we know is an issue. We know it's there. We know somebody about six. But everybody here, if they put their hands on their hearts, and they start feeling their heartbeat, okay, everybody, everybody in this show, everybody's listening, you start feeling their heart and close your eyes, you feel that heartbeat, you connect your heart with your brain and your soul, you don't see color. You see that we are all ways of energy and action, and we all need to work together, and we can all solve these problems together as a team. So that's why there was a sort of a reluctance there, because I don't, I, that, that is there, my finances has been a pain, my color has been a pain, 
but I'm on a new focus now. I'm on a focus like let's bring us all together. Let's let's squash the pain. It, it's it's never there. I'll never forget my past or where I come from. I mean, because I'm not going there anymore. I'm only going to bigger and better things, and I'm actually helping other. I'm helping white people's businesses grow. I'm helping black people's businesses grow. I'm helping Chinese people's businesses grow. Like we're looking at a, a world or or a group of people. Let's elevate their lives and let's elevate their mental aspect of life because it's really not about business as money. It's what you enjoy. Who do you love? Who do you want to be around? How great do you want this to be? And what is greatness to you? Because it's not just money. And so I'll let Josh take off on the other side of this one. Yeah, I mean, to, to Dwayne's point, you know, if you're focusing only on, like in business, if you're only focusing on transactions, how can I get more volume of transactions? How can I sell more widgets? All of that. That's, no, no matter what color your skin is, that's, that's not going to take you very far because it's all it is is transactional. And that's mm-hmm. how your customers will treat you, and that's how you'll feel. It'll just be you know, either time for money or it'll just be money for thing, right? But when you split that script and you get into what Dwayne and I have tapped in, which is not transactional communication or selling or working with people, but transformational, where your standard is transformation, transformation of the business, transformation of their lives. So your product or service transforms their life in a very positive way as opposed to just having a transaction you make the money. Once you flip that in your head, everything changes. I mean, Dwayne can back me up on this one, but everything changes. Your outlook, your view, the way you approach your business, the way you communicate with your customers, everything changes. And you talk about how do I keep retention within my company? How do I keep my people coming back and buying from us over and over again? Stop fucking selling them. Start helping them transform their lives through your product, right? Stop trying to sell them your crap. They don't want your crap. What they want is the transformation. They want their lives to be better. Position your product or your service that it does that, and you show them the quickest way possible so they don't have to burn the calories to figure it out on their own with big, stupid words. Keep it focused and show them how working with you is going to make their lives better. And make it simple. The simpler you make it, the faster you can show them the transformation, the more popular your solution is going to be, i.e., better revenue. So stop focusing on the numbers and start focusing on the transaction. Start focusing on the customer's experience through your process as opposed to thinking, I just got to figure out the fastest way they're going to give me a $100 bill. Focus on how do you get, give them $1,000 worth of value for only $100 through an experience. That's what they're going to remember, guys. That's what they're going to remember. They're not going to remember your widget. They're not going to remember your service unless there was some emotion tied to it. And that's where you add the value up. It's so important when you focus on transformational connections. Well, I can highlight that, you know, again, enjoying, because from time to time, Dwayne will send me specific um, outer spaces um, shows that you do. And I really want to say how much I enjoy them because, you know, I'll never be nowhere close to involved to designing anything. And I've heard, you know, both of y'all bragging about, you know, how good if it comes down to it, you can still, I think I heard Dwayne bragging about how good he can still cut a block in comparison to the people yeah. <laughs> he, he hires to do it. If, it, if it, you know, if he want to get on the ego boost, he's still one of the best in the country at it or whatever. But again, while I don't understand shit about design, if you will, um, ultimately um, what y'all do with outer spaces is y'all go so far and above and beyond uh, the actual niche of, outdoor design, outer space design. So love the name of it. And I'm saying this to say y'all are living out what you're saying here. And again, when we say what does a successful business collaboration look like, you not only are you 
a, a successful business collaboration. But I hope there is, a, you know, can, in a sense, an understanding of where this second hour went. Because again, I brought someone who does that for a living in the middle of a collaboration, and they and 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 um, Terry and Kim, they killed that hour. I didn't want to make the second hour a repeat of these. This is what a collaboration looks like in, in business. I want to go to again. This is meant to dialogue, as we always say. If I can improve the conversation inside of your own head, you will be better. Therefore, the collective is better. So, Ashley, um, again, if you could just you know give me your thoughts. Again, I know you're kind of take, catching this tail end, uh, but it's just any thoughts to what's being said here? Because again, I think some of what we're talking about now can help maybe some people out there listening to have a perspective about what their business collaboration could or should should or could look like based on whatever passion or interest that they may have in in the entrepreneurial space. I'm hoping that some of this is cutting them out of having a limiting viewpoint on what a collaboration might look like. Your thoughts, Queen? Yeah, I, I think the – biggest point that I have taken from this conversation coming in from the first hour is just like it's all about mindset, right? How you move forward in the business, how you connect with your customers, um, and, and how you continue to grow your business is based on your mindset and like if you're going to allow yourself to overcome that. And I think Terry's point on people not being able to separate business from personal um, really drives that home. You know, it, it's easy to get bogged down on, like, things not working out and being discouraged, uh, but you really have to believe in what you're offering, the experience that you're providing your clients, and, and really being able to deal with the mindset that you have and the limiting beliefs that will pop up um, because that's, I think that's part of business, right? Like you're going to learn so much about yourself and what you're able to endure and how you're able to overcome if you will allow yourself to, like, address the mindset. And, and everything, everything in life comes down to mindset. When you're talking about weight loss, when you're talking about getting your finances together, when you're talking about your business, it's all down to your mindset. Are you willing to push through that? And I think this conversation has solidified that. If you have not gotten your mindset together, if you're not willing to address that and explore those those beliefs that come up, you're not going to be able to push forward because that's really what you're up against is that mindset. No, I love it. Dwayne and Joshua, I'm going to kind of turn it over to y'all for these last few minutes. And it's one to just make sure that people understand how they can listen to outer spaces and stay in contact with you and, you know, give a, a closing thought or whatever. Make it quick. We only got a few minutes. Um, Dwayne, I'll, I'll start with you. And again, I hope you understand the purpose of, of this second hour. I was glad to showcase what you're doing uh, with Joshua for this show. Yeah, let me hit on what her comment was. What's it, Kimberly? Okay, okay, what you believe is what you think, okay, what you think is how you act, and how you act creates the outcome. What you believe is what you think, what you think is how you act, and how you act creates the outcome. That's a lot of the issues that's holding a lot of things back in life. It's a lot of the issues that's holding our black communities back in life is because what we were taught to think is controlling our thoughts, is controlling our actions, and our actions controlling our outcome. That is, matter of fact, that is some of the walls in between all of our successes right there alone. 
Okay, I'll end on uh, Joshua. We actually, Isabel and I own our partner with a company called Vizex Design Studios, outdoor living design firm. We design all over the country. So if you're looking for that, you can look us up, VIZX Design Studios. Um, Josh and I collaborated on a company called Yes Express. I'll let him talk more about that. And we also collaborate on a podcast called The Outer Spaces, where we focus on contractors, but it's sort of become a full circle of mindset and contractors and things like that. And I'll pass it on to Joshua. Yeah, one minute, Josh, Joshua, to get it out. Thanks for being on with us, brother. Absolutely, brother. Thanks for, uh, thanks for the invite. This has been a beautiful show. I really enjoyed the conversation. And, uh, you know, to Dwayne's point, I'll just build off of that. You know, the number one struggle as humans, regardless of skin color that we're going to deal with, is the battle that goes on between the six inches between our ears, right? And most people aren't courageous enough to dig into that. They think that if they change everything physically around them, whether it's their home, their car, their relationship, their whatever, or their job, if they change that, that they'll feel better about themselves or they'll feel like they have more or they're, they're, they're worthy of what they have. But if they take the time and do the hard work, and this is where Dwayne and I enjoy this, doing the hard work inside of your own mind and witnessing your body and your mind making decisions for you and then standing back and saying, okay, mind, that's funny you think that. It's funny you think I'm not going to run that 10 miles today. We're going to run 12 just to piss you off. You know, and it's not like some bipolar disorder, but it's, it's serious it. that your mind, people are on autopilot most in this world. 90 plus percent of people are on autopilot right. and whatever their body tells them or motion comes up, they just go with it. It's like they're, they're a sail on a boat that just goes with the breeze. But if you truly want to be successful in life, i.e. successful in business as well, you need to manage and work on the inside of your head. And the way you do that is by exposing yourself to events like Tony, or like, uh, Dwayne and I talking out here with Tony Robbins, or you meditate, or you find somebody, something, somehow to open up that conversation you'll have with yourself. Because once you get those things straight in your head and you start getting those things wired and you understand why you feel certain ways and why you do certain things all the time, you can finally gain some control over that, and then you can plan your future. And then you can actually lead with confidence, right? But it it. all starts with the hard work in your freaking head. That's the hardest part. That's the battleground. I love it. Love it. How do they say, how do they get in contact with you if, if that's what, if you have a, I don't know if your business is a public offering type of situation or not, or, or how to get, how to so get, yeah, go ahead. Yes. Yeah, so you can listen to our podcast, uh, Outer Spaces uh, podcast. It's on all the platforms, uh, or you can even go to the website, outerspacespodcast.com, and you can find a platform there that works for you. Uh, you know, Yes Express, we're helping, you know, contractors, land build contractors around the country, well, hell, around the world at this point, um, you know, Start a better communication with their clients so they can be, you know, home more with their families, make more money, and enjoy their business. Fall back in love with it again, right, and really enjoy that. So that's, that's a yes.express. You can check that out online. Uh, but that's your best way to, to get in contact with us is to, you know, to do one of those two things or if you want to keep going. No, love it. See you all next Saturday. All I ask is that you think.